Hi, everybody. Welcome to East to West Weight Loss Surgery, the podcast, where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April, and I'm the West. And I'm Jason, and I'm the East. We are super excited uh, to be with you today, as always. We are diving into a topic that everybody asks about. We see it all the time on like bariatric uh, forms or, or groups or things like that. People want to know, am I going to be happy or happier after weight loss surgery? And Jason and I have a short and a long answer, <laughs> as we always do. Uh, but he and I spend a lot of time talking about this because uh, I, I think you and I both kind of we're in alignment with this. Our lives were good or great before weight loss surgery. Our lives continue to be good or great after weight loss surgery. Uh, and we have both struggled with happiness along the way. So I'm really excited to, uh, to deep dive into this uh, conversation with you today because it's super meaningful. Yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Uh, is something that we get approached about all the time. We even talk to each other about it all the time. Uh, yeah. We definitely have conversations with Becca as well. Um, it's just one of those things that everybody wants to know. And it's such a huge topic. We figure the best thing we can do is get out here and talk to you guys about it. At least give you our version of, of you know, events of how we feel and, and what, what we do that surrounds the topic. So super excited to jump into it today. Cannot wait. Yeah. Yeah. So before we do that, we just want to let you guys know, we're very excited about an event that we have coming up. It is our free virtual bariatric meetup. Uh, and Jason and I, if you guys are new, new to the podcast or new to watching us or just new to following us, Jason and I actually met each other at a virtual bariatric meetup that I was hosting. Jason, I've never actually met in person, uh, but we have grown this uh, beautiful, wonderful, amazing friendship just from the conversations that we that we have had with each other kind of over the digital space. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I was hosting one of these meetups. Uh, Jason stayed after kind of it ended and he and I started talking. We realized that we really enjoyed talking to each other. We had a great rapport and then it just kind of blossomed into, into what we're doing, what we're doing today for the bariatric community. So uh, the virtual bariatric meetup is going to be on Saturday, November 21st at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, it's free. It's all via Zoom. It's so easy to register. You just head to our website, www.east, the number two, west wls.com east to west weight loss surgery.com and just scroll down maybe halfway through the page and you're going to see uh kind of like a graphic a, an advertisement and you just enter in your information and boom you're registered it's like super easy yeah it's super easy it's a fantastic resource for people to get to know each other in the community mm -hmm. uh, have a place just to come kind of get some things off their chest if they feel like there's you know they don't have a lot of support in the area that they're in or maybe they've got a question that that they haven't been able to get an answer to in a support group or whatever else they you know any avenue they may have tried this is a perfect way for you to come and, and realize that things that you may have been thinking that you may be the only person feeling or experiencing You'll find out real quick that there's a lot of people just like you. They have yes. the same feelings, the same thoughts, the same. They're going through the same thing because at the end of the day, everybody that's been through the surgery, no matter what version of the surgery that you have, you know, there's a community out there for you and you'll find out real fast that, that other people experience those same things. And sometimes it helps just to talk to other people or to listen to other people's stories. Even if you're really not experiencing anything at the time, you'll listen to other people tell stories and that'll get you prepared for something that may be coming that you don't know about, or, you know, just, just good to kind of be around people for the community aspect of things, you know, given the fact that COVID 
has really, you know, put a damper on people actually being around each other or, you know, in-person support groups, it's nice to at least be there around other people and know that, you know, you're not alone. Yeah, no, it's, it's so powerful to just be in a safe space with people who have either been through what you have been through or, or you know, you, you, you're pre-op and you just want to kind of know, you know, what it's going to be like afterwards or you just want to start to build community. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's phenomenal. And it's just so nice because it's, I feel it's a really great mix of like learning and community, right? So there, there is information that's presented. It's not lecture style, but it's kind of like, here's, here's some information. And then we pause to talk about it. So people can ask questions and people can offer their suggestions. So it's definitely, it's not just like, just sit and listen and don't talk. It's very much like, listen, learn, you know, ask your questions and communicate. And then at the end, we always kind of open it up to, okay, what questions do you have about, you know, the, your bariatric experience in general, you know, or what support are you needing? So it's a really nice mix between some very specific information and then just an, an open forum for you to, to ask your questions and, and get feedback from the community. Right. And the, well, and the best part about it is, is there's zero sales, marketing, any of that. You don't pay to get in. You don't pay to get out. You don't pay to get put on a list. Like yeah. we don't want your information. Mm -hmm. We simply, the only time we ask anything from you is to be able to give you the link to be able to get into the, into the meetup. Yeah. Where there is no, we don't allow other people to market to you. We don't allow other people to mine your information. This is simply just, a, it's a virtual hangout. Like come hang out, get some information, leave fulfilled, leave with some great lasting friendships like April and I have been able to develop. That's how we met Becca through one of those as well. Yeah. And now she's a member of the East to West team. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of things that can come from these types of meetups and, and friendships you can develop. So uh, I really urge you all to get in there and get registered for it. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic time. Um, and I'm, man, I can't wait. Yep. I'm very excited. So we're going to be deep diving into and really just talking about how do we survive the, the Bermuda Triangle of holiday eating, right? We all know that either before or after weight loss surgery, eating is different and it can trigger a lot of things in us. So we're going to be talking about how do we how do we celebrate the holidays, not make them so food centric and still get some joy out of foods that are traditional or cultural or, or meaningful for us. And then we're also gonna be sharing bariatric friendly recipes for our Thanksgiving uh, celebration. So it should be really spot on and, and very timely. And if you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching this podcast and the event has already happened, uh, just do know that our goal is to start hosting them once a month. So it's just gonna be an ongoing type of support that we at East to West want to offer this, this community. So if you're listening to it and this event has already passed, it's all good, don't worry about it. There's others coming. And we will make all of this available, uh, information available online. So we'll post the recording to our YouTube channel. Uh, we'll make sure that like our, our agenda and any of the things that we disseminate is available on our website. So it's not like this resource is going away. It's just yeah. that if, if you're listening now and you're like, ooh, that sounds really great, I wanna attend, definitely sign up. Or if you're listening to it after the event has happened, know that the information is still available there for you and that you can, you can join us um, at, at our next one. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah. The website is key. You can go to the website, check out all the information. We're also going to post on the website. Um, just even if you don't just go by there and just get registered, you know, subscribe to the website, subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave us reviews, please, because we need reviews on all this stuff so that we can know whether or not we're giving you guys exactly what you need. So that's, that's the biggest thing for us. We need reviews uh, and anywhere you can review, we need it. 
Yep. Yeah. And like Jason said, if, if you're new to the East to West universe, we record our podcast in Zoom and we do that so we can also have a video. So if you are not a podcast fan, but you like to watch videos, head to our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and type in East, the number two West underscore weight loss surgery, and our channel will pop up. It's also linked on our website. It's linked in our IG bio, right? There's all kinds of places to find it, but we know a lot of people, um, who, who follow along with us or are a part of our community, they prefer to watch on YouTube. So there's lots of ways that you can that you can take in um, the, the information that, that we are sharing with you. Because we know everybody likes to learn differently. That's why we started the website. Some people want to read, some people want to watch, some people want to listen. Well, we, we want to make sure that we're supporting the community uh, in a way that you want to be supported. And we know that means that we have to kind of offer various ways to, to, to learn, so. Definitely. All kinds of ways to check it out. Okay, I think uh, I think we're good to go. You you ready to dive in? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So the first question I want to uh, to to ask you uh, is about happiness, defining happiness. And I'm going to give you a moment to think about what your definition is. Uh, I went to Google and I just typed in what is happiness, and the definition came back as happiness is the state of being happy. Not really helpful. So what the hell does it mean then? <laughs> what does it mean to be happy? Like, I freaking hate definitions like that. You go there and it's like, oh, it means this. And you're like, I don't even know what that word means. So, okay, Googs. Okay, Google. Uh, so what is happy? What does happy mean? So I literally typed that in, define happy. And Google said, it's the feeling or showing pleasure or contentment. And to me, that definition really resonated with me because my personal definition of happiness is, is contentment. I am happier. I define happiness as not needing more, right? To, to feeling or being content, not just, you know, the, 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 the lack of want for me is happiness. So that definition really, really resonated with me. How about you? What's, what's your definition of happy or happiness? Yeah, content is really the word that sticks out there for me as well, uh, because that's a glaring, a lot of people confuse happy with just being you know outright jovial and you know bouncing down the hallway saying hi to everybody just being super happy with this you know giddy smile on your face and that's not always the case certain people don't display emotion that way and so the contentment really stuck out for me for me it's having kind of a full heart as funny as it sounds it's kind of like having a full heart and an empty mind like there's no anxiety there's no thoughts rumbling around there's no like you're just full of love and at the same time you're not there's no concerns anything you know rumbling around thinking that well I could be doing this or I should be doing this or if I just do this I can get ahead here if I can just find a way to just move this around I can do this yeah like all that's gone away and you're in a way it's the same way of saying you're content because you know there's nothing you would change about your immediate situation and your heart is full to the point that you don't need anything else. You're just good with what you, with where you are. Dude, I had, that is like, I'm making that a graphic uh, ASAP. So I mean, that is, that is so perfect, right? So a full heart and an empty mind. I absolutely, I totally get that. I totally get that. And it's not that your mind is literally empty. It's just, there is, there's nothing to want. Your, your, your mind isn't wanting anything and your heart and your soul isn't wanting anything. You are content whoa, that's, that's deep. So before you had weight loss surgery, were you happy? I would say in a sense, 
and as as hippie as this sounds, ex existentially, yes. <laughs> I, in, in a word, I I myself was happy. My body, on the other hand, was not. I was not like within everyday life. I was happy about the way things were going, but from a standpoint of knowing what shape my body was in and how hard it was for me to do things, I was not happy. So that was the, my heart was full, but my mind was definitely not empty because those were the thoughts, the racing thoughts, the constant, you know, you could go do these things with your family if you didn't feel this way or getting off of work and laying down, you know, when I've sat in my chair at work all day, having to come home and rest from sitting down all day because I'm just wiped out from carrying all that weight you know, and my knees are hurting, my feet are hurt, my legs are swollen and, you know, the size of my damn thighs and just, you know, it's just one big ham hock, you know, going down to the ground to, to some swollen ass feet that looks like a pot roast with summer sausages stuck out the end of it. You just think about those types of things and, you know, there's no way you can fully be content when you feel that way. So having to take a day and, you know, sit with your feet propped up so that they'll, the swelling will go down or having to make all these extra, you know, added things, changes in your life to be able to, to contain the weight that you have. Those are not empty mind situations. Like those thoughts are always racing. There's always something that you want to try a new diet. If I just do this, the weight will be gone. Or if I can just do this, my life will be so much better because I'll be healthier. And those are the constant racing thoughts that I myself had before surgery. Dude, every time we talk, I mean, I, I, I feel like I have goosebumps or I just, I just feel so like aligned with, with your experience. I mean, we're, we're a different age We're you're a grandpa. I'm, I don't have children. You live in Florida. I live in Washington, but holy shit, bro. That is like exact. I, I mean, it, I, and you hear me, you talk, I talk about this all the time. I feel like after surgery, all of a sudden I had so much mental space. I had so much capacity for other things in life because I wasn't thinking about food 24 seven. And, and I feel like after surgery, that's why like my, my, my short answer is no, you're not gonna be happy after surgery. My long answer is yes, you will be. And it's not that I am happier now after surgery, but all of a sudden I have the space, I have the mental capacity and the energy and the ability and, and the, yeah, I mean, I just have more time to do the things that bring happiness and contentment into my life. It's not that they didn't exist before surgery, right? It's just that now I have more time to do those things. I have more time to, to seek that out. And yeah, I mean, my, my heart is, is just as full, is just as content, maybe, maybe even more so now after surgery, because the, the food thing has been replaced with the happiness and the contentment, but yeah. Oh my God. That's just, yeah. Insane. It's so well, true. And the, and the difference between what we say is, is from the surgery aspect, will, will you wake up from surgery and automatically just be happy about life? No, the, the, that's, that's why our answer is, will the surgery make you happy? The answer is no. Yeah. Will the surgery allow you to gain the happiness that you seek? Yes, 100%. Because like April said, now she's got the mental capacity and the space to be able to 
you know, think about other things that bring her joy and happiness, but she also has the physical ability to go do those things. Mm -hmm. Because you see people like for myself, I always used to watch people zip line and hang glide and skydive. And I'm scared of heights. So it's hilarious that I see all these things. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I can't, I can't do that. Not that now that I'm not, you know, big as hell, not that I'm going to run out and jump on a zip line because I'm not. Um, I've, <laughs> I've made it 44 years without a zip line and I think I'm good. <laughs> um, you know, but you, you see people do things that, you know, at, for a weight limit, you just can't do, or your physical ability is just not on that level. And you think about it and you're like, man, I would like to do those things. So mm -hmm. the hindrance is what keeps you from being happy. Now, after surgery, once you start losing and you gain some of those abilities back and you're in within whatever weight limit that may be then you start to be able to go out and pursue those things. And that's where the happiness begins to come in. So while it's not specifically the surgery that made you happy, the surgery was a tool that allowed you to get to a point to start striving and achieving those happy, those things that make you, that bring you that happiness. Yes. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I think back to, you know, before surgery, I enjoyed paddleboarding and kayaking and swimming and hot yoga. And I still enjoy and love all those things. They bring me a lot of contentment, but I enjoy them more now because I, I don't, I don't expend so much energy doing those things, or I don't worry about, you know, I mean, I don't worry about not being able to get into a pose or being so exhausted that I can't make it through the entire class because the weight is gone. And now I have more mobility and flexibility. So those things bring me even more joy and, and, and happiness, but, you know, but before surgery. So it, it's just amazing. All of the different things that have improved or, or you know, the, my happiness has only grown after surgery. And it's simply because they're easier to do now. You know, and the other thing too that I that I keep going back to recently too is that, you know, some of my happiness was taken away by my reaction to what I look like. So, you know, I love to shop and I love to be fashionable and, you know, and I love to, to do some things that involve my physical appearance. And when I would go shopping, I would find this like awesome outfit. It was plus size. I'd be at Nordstrom's or Lane Bryant or, you know, wherever I happened to be shopping. And I was like, oh, this is banging, right? Like you try something on and you're like, oh man, you know, you go look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, yeah, like this looks good. But when I was heavier, it was always a, this looks good, but you still don't look how, how you should look like you are still a very large person. And while there's a lot of joy before surgery and dressing up and feeling good in how you look and having confidence in yourself, none of that goes away. But what I've found is that now after weight loss surgery, when I go and try on new outfits or when I, when I do, you know, when I'm looking for that type of, of happiness or that type of joy, I look in the mirror and I don't have to brace for brace for what I'm seeing, right? Because I look in the mirror and it's like, oh my gosh, I finally look like how I thought I've always looked. So that, that whole like little bit of anxiety that used to rise me or that like fight that I was like, nope, like you're not going to like what you see, but it's okay. Like power through it, fight through it. You know, it's okay. That's all gone now. So it's just like these, all these different layers of, of things that were you know, that, that were kind of butting up against my happiness are all, are all just kind of gone now, or they're, they're less. And, and I can just be happy and content in what I see and what I experience. And that only happened because of weight loss surgery.
right? So that's why it's like, no, the short answer, no, the long answer, yes. It's just, it's so, it's just an, an onion of, of discovery and, and understanding. No, it's, that's 100% true because I know for me, um, one of the worst four letter words to me once I got to a certain size was mall. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I had been in a mall because the last I can I can tell you the last time I was in a mall and how I felt because walking in stores having the people look at you like I don't know what the hell you're doing here because we ain't got nothing that's gonna fit you yeah like it's gonna take two or three shirts cut up the middle we'll put it together and then hopefully I can get you around but we're not you know no tarps with neck holes here sorry we ain't got nothing for you so I remember that feeling on like store three of everybody just kind of giving me the side eye looking at me weird. And I just left and I have ne- I I haven't been back in a mall since. And that was easy 12 years ago. Easy oh 12. God. Yeah, I just I'm like, nah, I'm good. Like if I have to go to like my son, if he needed to go for like I pull up out front, be like, all right, have at it. And I wait in the car. Like I'm just not, I don't, I don't have it in me because A, I'm not walking around the whole damn mall anymore because I'm big and I don't feel good. Yeah, that just naturally. So that there was none of that. And I just, I, I remembered, you know, things like that, and actually hearing my family adjust whatever plan they thought they had for whatever they wanted to do, based on my ability. They'd be like, well, dad's not going to want to go do that, because that's too much walking. Dad's not going to want to go do that, because there's no place to sit down. Well, you know, we could do that, but that's going to have to be a day that dad works because he's not going to want to go whatever. And and that, and, and that speaks right to happiness because those things bring you, ha- bring you joy and contentment. But at the same time, before weight loss surgery, they also took away from it, right? right. So that, that's a perfect example of, yeah, I was happy, but no, I wasn't. Yeah. I was happy because I had my family and I know they love me and they were thinking about me, but at the same time, I felt selfish because I allowed myself to get to a point where they had to adjust their plans based on my ability or my lack of ability based on my weight. And that was one of the gut-wrenching, you know, things to me that led me to actually have the surgery in the first place. You know, I've talked about it, I've spoke to it before, but going on a college tour of UCF with my son Mm -hmm. and not being able to make it across the campus. And I remember not too long ago, being out with my son doing something and he looked at me and was like, we ought to go back to UCF. I bet you can walk that whole thing now. And I damn near bawled my eyes out like I was, you know, a baby that had candy taken away from him because I literally... That to me, that that just that struck me straight to my core because he realizes now that I'm a better person and that I'm a better father and I'm a better, you know, not that I was a bad father before, but I'm in a situation now where I can do more things. And that to me is what it's all about because having a family that you're there for but can't be there for all the way it's, it just, it does something to It's, it, it's amazing to me how, you know, if, if I think of my happiness as a savings account in a bank, right. And, and throughout my life before weight loss surgery, I worked really hard on building up a great, a great balance in my happiness account, but things were, 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 you know, 
I would make a deposit and then I would have to make a withdrawal from that because something had happened. Right. And, and I felt like I, I always got to a point where, oh, no, I'm, I'm content. I'm really happy. And then something would come along and it would take it. It would it would take whatever I had deposited away from it. And I was constantly trying to, to add back to that. And then those things that took it away were experiences like that. Right. Like you wanted to go do something, but your weight or your size took a little something away from that experience. And, and whether it would be physical things or, or people's comments, or even just, you know, I look back, you know, wine tasting or going out to restaurants or, or doing something active and we would all take pictures. And then there's me being happy, doing something that I love, but not seeing myself reflected in that, in that image, you know, and then just knowing that people, even if they don't say it in the back of their minds are thinking, oh, can we do this with, with her or with him because of their size that takes away from your happiness bank that, even if it's not spoken, you're thinking it. I mean, you're spending so much time and energy on, uh, on battling all of these things, even when you're doing something that makes you happy. Um, and I think that's one of the, the miracles. It's one of the, you know, the, the tools that weight loss surgery gives us is it really kind of helps us deposit more in, into that happiness bank because there's, there's less coming out of it. There, there's less in our lives that is asking us to withdraw from that happiness. It really just gives us more time to really refine what happiness is, is to us and, and to work on being happy, it, you know, to, to, to creating the life that, that allows us for, right, a full heart and, and an empty mind. That's, yeah, spot on. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned like going out with friends and doing those things because one of, one of the one of the shining moments for me and I know probably 99% of everybody in our community is the time where you can go to dinner and no longer have to wait extra time for a table because now you can sit in a booth. Yeah. Oh, bam. Dude, there is no better feeling eating out when, when, when the waitress asks, oh, booth or table? And you're like, whatever, it makes when no difference now. First available, bring it up because we used to have to always say no booth, gotta, gotta wait for a table. Because yes. you know you weren't squeezing in that shit. But now, now sliding in a booth and being like, oh, wait, what? There's room left? What? Oh, the yeah. Other day, the other day I found myself, we, my Grady and I went out to dinner. Like we, and we, uh, we don't go out to dinner often now. I mean, COVID. And, and again, like why go out to dinner? Because, you know, I can have five bites of it. Anyways, we went to, uh, to the restaurant. And, and we sat down and she seated us in a booth and, you know, it was like, oh, this, this feels good. Well, I was so, um, from where I was sitting, there was so much space between myself and the table. And I was like, oh my God, like, this isn't going to be comfortable. Like, I'm going to have to like sit up and like, you know, go like this to eat. And the table was fixed to the wall and I couldn't. Oh, move that's the worst. Right. And even Grady looked at me and he was like, oh, well, that's not like he's like you need a pillow or something like behind your back to help like prop you up and so we asked to be moved we said do you have a booth that the table moves and she's like oh yeah i think we do and literally she just resat us at another booth so that i could move the table closer to me and i was like holy shit i have made it i mean it was like paparazzi moment i mean i wanted to like take pictures of like you know the space between me and the table and be like oh my god look at this Right. But like, there's happiness that I get to deposit into my happiness bank. There's a thing that's like, yep, this is why, this is why I had to do weight loss surgery. This is why this is the most amazing thing that's, that's ever happened into my life. And all that does is, is bring more joy and more contentment into your life. Right. My heart just got bigger and my brain 
could empty a little bit because now I can take off sitting in a restaurant is something that, that I have to worry about. I don't ever have to worry about that again. Gone forever. That's right. You've reached booth level expert. So <laughs> you can... oh, you're another booth boss. And I, I just, I bow to your greatness and hope I can one day reach that level, but I doubt it because I'm still a large human regardless. Uh, dude, I, I think, I think you're, you're already there as well. You, you yeah, the, that, well, and just, I mean, think about all of the things, Jason, I mean, just in our, in our casual conversations, I mean, all of the things that now you don't have to worry about, right. That, that just don't even trigger you anymore because, because you, you have, you've lost the weight, you've developed healthier habits. You're aware of the stories and the conversations that you have with yourself, I mean, all this stuff, all this stuff that nobody talks about when it comes to weight loss surgery, right? Everybody thinks like, well, you just have surgery. No, the surgery is one piece of it and it becomes a smaller and smaller piece of it the further out you get from your actual procedure. But the tools that the, the, the weight loss surgery can provide you, if you listen and learn, right? The, the mental side of things, man, if you can acquire those, sky's the limit, sky's the limit. Well, and, and, you know, another thing like we talked about, and we talked about it in, in last week's episode of Normalcy, is happiness for some people is going to come just when it's not an everyday struggle to remember your step by step by step to get yeah. through your life. Because yeah. a lot of, you know, post-op is, oh, I got to do this at this time, this at this time, this at this time, I got to make sure I don't eat this, I got to make sure I eat this. Those things are going to, the, the, the monotonous step by step by step, the rigorousness of it all is going to fade away. And eventually it's just going to be your new habits. And that's going to bring happiness for a lot of people. That'll be one of the first steps to really achieving that happiness will be when it's just, when it's mechanical, when it's every day, you can get up and just kind of go through your routine Mm-hmm. And it's just that it's a routine. It's no longer a step by step by step by step by step. I mean, it is, but it's not. It doesn't feel that way anymore because that's just now that's your new habit. Yep. Well, and you and I were talking about this earlier. It's important to recognize that we're we are all going to have different markers of happiness as our life continues, right? As because happiness is not static. Our lives are not static. So I often find myself reflecting on how great things are going in my life. And again, like I just keep going, oh my gosh, heavy heart, empty, empty mind, right? I, I oftentimes find myself just sitting and looking and thinking and just and just saying to myself, wow, this is great. I, you know, I'm, I'm so happy with X, Y, and Z. It doesn't mean that I'm not happy with everything because there's always gonna be pieces and aspects and parts of our lives that, that are not perfect, right? And we can always strive to make those better. Uh, but as our lives shift and change, happiness is going to shift for us, right? Like my sister welcomed, my sister and, and brother-in-law welcomed their first child in, into their lives and into my life. And that little butt nugget brings me so much joy and happiness. And that would have never existed a year and a half ago, right? So, so now my happiness is shifted. And, and the same happens for when bad things happen in life, right? My grandparents are, are aging and, and they're kind of entering the last stage of their life. And there's a lot of you know, sad things. There, there's grief ahead of me. There's sorrow ahead of me. Grief and sorrow is, is a part of the human condition. Nobody is immune from that. So to no. know that, right, my happiness is going to shift when life changes. 
and just acknowledging that I can reflect back on what happiness felt like before. And then I can, I can shift my game plan, my, my happiness game plan as life changes and that it's always going to be a moving target. And that's okay. That is absolutely okay. Because I think at, at the core of all of our lives, we can go to a place where we're always happy, right? We can think of something that always brings us joy or, or contentment. And if we can get to the place where we are happy with ourselves, we're happy with who we are as an individual, right? We're happy with, with our values and our, and our morals and our beliefs and our habits. If we can keep one piece of ourselves happy all the time, when life goes to shit, and bad things happen, we can return to that place and go, okay, I'm still okay. There, there's still a part of me that is, that is happy. Uh, and then, and then make a game plan moving forward to find that, that happiness, you know, kind of in a more broad sense of our life as, as things change, but we, we can't expect to be happy all the time. That's, I don't think that's normal. It's just, it's not. No, you're right. And, and, something that you said really kind of struck kind of stuck with me is if you're happy and content when bad things come your way it's a little easier to move past those bad things and find the light at the end of the tunnel like yes there will be grief you need to process that there'll be stuff that comes along that needs to be processed but it's easier to process when that's the only thing that you're dealing if you've got all this baggage, you're going to start going back through, yeah, well, this really sucks. And that brings up, why wasn't I doing this? Why didn't I do more of this? If I just would have done this, mm -hmm. you know, when there's always regrets and things to look back over and, and hang on to, yeah. it makes it very hard for you to process and move past what you're dealing with at the time, because you're not able to just scale that mountain because you have everything else in front of you before you even climb that mountain. Yes. So working every day to clear the path will allow you a shorter trip from A to B because you don't have all this other stuff to try to move past at the same time you're navigating that, you know, whatever you're dealing with at the time. Yep. I, I have really found, and I've done, I've, I've spent years working on this, but I have, I've really found that if I don't keep that happiness piece, you know, close to, to the surface of my being, then when bad shit happens, I really start spiraling out of control, right? It's like, oh my God, this is terrible. And then, and then, well, I didn't handle this correctly. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. I'm a failure. You know, you just start going through all these things. You enter this, the shame cycle. Yeah. And for me, when I enter the shame cycle, I enter the eating cycle. Yeah. And that is not good for me and my weight. Um, and I have worked very hard. So with it, when bad things happen, I just acknowledge, okay, this is bad. This is not good. And I just have to take a deep breath and I have to go, okay, something is good. Some, something in my life is good. What, what is good? What is okay? What is still whole and complete? And if I can just get back to there, I can take a breath. I can acknowledge that, okay, none of this is working out, but this one thing remains, remains good and whole. And it can stop me from going down that shame cycle. It can really provide me that stopgap between all is lost versus, you know, most is lost, not everything. Uh, and, and I think, you know, keeping that happiness front and center, that little piece of us is, is a key to making it through the really difficult times in life that are, that are ahead. Like your weight loss surgery is not going to stop bad things from happening 
from you in the future. But it is going to give you the tools to better navigate those storms and to come out of it not with a completely sunken vessel, right? You're 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 gonna hit some storms, your ship will stay upright, it's gonna, it's gonna go through some, it's gonna need some repairs, but it's still gonna remain floating and upright because your your the base of your life is what is true to you and 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 that little part of your life that you can find contentment and joy and happiness and if you can go back there you can build from there and, and you can you can go forward right well and and you mentioned the shame cycle one of the most important things about the shame cycle is the farther out from surgery you are the worse for you the shame cycle could be yes. because if you've just had surgery you really can't eat a whole lot so even if you did jump off the wagon and start eating bad stuff, you can only eat so much of it. So you really, it's harder for that to negatively impact you on a permanent basis. You enter the shame cycle a year, year and a half, two years out, you got a problem because you can eat a lot more yep. and it affects you a lot different and your body will, will take all the bad stuff and it will pack it on. And you'll be looking at a 20 pound, you know, plus weight gain in a short amount of time. Yep. And then that's another battle that you're going to have to fight, yep. you know, thinking about how you, you know, how you failed yourself and whatever else may be going through your head at the time. That's going to be very hard to get past. So. Yep. And, and this, we know. You know in go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. In conversations with Wendy, right. You have a 50% chance of regaining your weight two up to two years after surgery and men and women will will enter the shame cycle right because that's just what we do and instead of turning to food you'll turn to alcohol right so you're going to drink your weight back or for for women you turn to shopping for men you turn to sex that also kicks off the shame cycle and you're just going to go back to alcohol or you're going to go back to food and even if you're still eating small quantities of food that that brings you comfort if you're doing that consistently all your weight's going to come back Right. If you eat what you ate before surgery, after surgery, you're going to weigh what you weighed before surgery, after surgery. I know that's like a mouthful, but I mean, if you do what you did before surgery, you're going to weigh what you weighed after surgery. And we, we don't want that for you. We don't that what for anybody. We don't want that for ourselves. And this is happiness, finding our happiness, keeping it on, on the surface is how is a tool we can use to not go back to our old ways. Right. And, and part of that is really, really listening to your body, paying attention to yourself, knowing, you know, being honest with yourself that you may be looking at a shame cycle situation mm -hmm. and, and really doing your best to, to catch it early so that you're, that's not something that you're stuck having to do because, you know, losing it once is hard enough, but going up and then coming back down again, it, it, it sometimes it gets harder the second time around and we don't want that you know you having to struggle for that because that moves you farther away from the happiness that you seek exactly yep so i'm sure some people are listening or watching and they're going okay that's great you know i i, I understand the, the role that happiness plays but maybe they don't find any happiness right now maybe they they're just not happy period right? So how do people even start the process of finding happiness or becoming happy? That, that can be a struggle. I think there's a lot of people out there that can really truthfully look at their lives and go, nothing about my life is happy. Nothing about this is bringing me joy. 
and that's not that's that's not a good place to be and uh and we we want to help you find some some happiness and joy so jason and i have some some ideas or some things that you can try uh to to find your happiness uh we 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 want to present you with maybe a, a starting point uh, so the first thing that we recommend is come up with your own definition of happiness. What does happiness mean to you, right? Jason shared a great one-liner. I shared, you know, what, what kind of happiness means to me. It's definitely something that it's a definition that you need to own and you need to own it in a couple, a couple of different ways. I think you need to be able to verbalize your definition. You need to be able to, to describe what it looks like. And I think you need to be able to describe what happiness feels like to you because happiness is much more than, than what we project on the outside. We, we have all known people who portray this very happy existence, but then we find out or we know that they're actually not very happy. So happiness can be faked. And, uh, and if we are working towards a, a goal or a definition of happiness that isn't true for ourselves, then we're wasting our time. So not only do you need to define happiness for yourself, but you really need to visualize what is it going to look like? What, what would that look like for me? And what is that going to feel like for me? That feeling part is, I think, what matters more than, than the looking part. Because if we feel a certain way, that feeling is going to be projected in our actions and behaviors and what we do and say, right? It's, it's going it's to, if, if it's something that we value, if it's something that's true for us, we don't really need to focus so much on what what it's what is it going to look like because it's just going to be natural but knowing those two things is how we can judge our progress towards happiness right yeah no i i definitely agree so so jason so i'll ask you this so so you have your your working definition of happiness what does that look like for you so what what does happiness look like for you when i visualize that uh, like you had said, like the verbalization and the visualization, to verbalize it would be as long as my family is content and everybody's doing good, they're happy, they don't need anything. To me, that that's what's going to make me happy. Everybody's provided for, you know, my daughter, even, even my adult daughters who are self-reliant, I still want them to be happy. As long as they're happy and content and they don't have, you know, a lot of baggage to deal with, my son who's about to go off and do his own thing, you know, as long as I can keep everybody, you know, kind of at arm's length and, and happy with what they've got going on, I know that as a father, I've done what I need to do and I'm now gaining control of my life back with my weight, being able to go do things and enjoy life, not only with my family, but outside of that with you know with not a complete family activity but just like my wife and friends and just going out and being able to do stuff or playing with the grandbabies now chasing them around like it used to be when you know come outside and play wasn't even an option like that wasn't even a no, absolutely not i will not be i'll be on the couch watching you guys play like have a good time but now being able to go out there and run around with them and do stuff and you know play basketball and all that stuff that that to me is a is a complete picture of of happiness to me. So so your happiness really looks like your physical activity, your physical movement, right? And and being being joyful in that movement is what it looks like. So somebody from the outside could look at you and go, "Wow, like look, look he's playing with his grandchildren, he's he's going on these family adventures, he's walking campus, right?" And I also think to people people who are happy, they they, they physically portray 
uh, a deeper smile, right? Like in the, the joke in my family is that you can tell if somebody's happy if they're smiling with their eyes, right? So if you just look at their eyes and you can, if you just saw this, right? And, and nothing below, you, you would see that happiness. Uh, and I think you've kind of already described like what does happiness to you feels like, right? It feels like an, a, a full heart and an, and an empty mind. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, happiness for me looks like what is very similar to you, right? If somebody looked at me, they would see me smiling more often than not. They would see me not, not stressed. They would see me enjoying things that I have always enjoyed just more often. And I think for me, my happiness comes, comes through. It's also a feeling, but if I'm content and if I'm filled with joy and happiness, I tend to give a lot out. I tend to give a lot back, right? Because I'm feeling so full. I'm feeling so content that I have some extra things to give. So if I, if I'm giving back to my family, my friends, my community, um, then that, that to me is kind of what happiness, uh, looks like. And, and the feeling for me is very full. If I feel absolutely full and, and I guess content, right? Then that, that's the feeling for me. And I've felt that way for a very long time now, maybe six months. And, and I'm a year and a half out of surgery. And it took me a while to get here, but I definitely feel very, very full in, in, in my contentment. Um, so yeah. So it's, it's interesting that you and I have similar but different definitions as we should, because we're two different people. Right. Well, and it's and it's just an amazing feeling to reach. And it may not be something that automatically triggers in your mind that you've reached it. Yeah. But, you know, you'll just one day you'll look around and just be like, yeah, this is it. This is this is what this feels like. To, yeah. and, and for some of you, it may be something that you've never experienced before. Yeah. And for some of you, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you that happiness isn't found on the scale. I can tell you that you're not going to find it. You, you may be happy about what you see at the time, but that's not going to allow you overall happiness just by the number that reaches the scale. Because I've seen people that had a goal set in their mind after weight loss surgery. And I've seen people come short of that goal. And I've seen people work their ass off to hit that goal and still not make it. And I've seen people that set a goal, blew past that goal, set another goal, blew past that goal, and now live under what they thought it would take them to be happy. So, I mean, like I said, ha happiness is a sliding scale. It's never going to be static. It can change. You can change it. You can think, oh, well, I'd be happy if I just did this. And once you reach that, if you feel like you've still got more to go, push for the next goal like it's not something that you have to just you know reach what you originally thought and go oh well I'm done uh, and, and yeah. either I'm happy or I'm not because it may make you happy but then you may think well I'm still a little restless I think there's something else that I can do and so push for that like it's it's just one of those things that it's like it, it's like the seasons. it's going to change and when the new season hits you can be like yeah I feel like I'm going to stay here for a while okay cool do that yeah. Live your best life in that space. But then when it comes time to move, pick up and move. Do it with no fear because you know that you've already made it to one step. So making it to the next step just takes getting yourself out of that comfort zone and pushing on to that next step because you know it's there waiting for you. You just have to go get it. Absolutely. Okay, so step one, right? Define what happiness looks like and feels like to you and write it down or get, get it somewhere where you can, you can work with that. A vision board. 
vision board. Mm, I'm a big fan of the bubbles. Paper, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, step two, uh, acknowledge that things are not going good, right? Things are not going the way that you want them to go. There, there's a graphic that's been going around social media. I shared it on my page. And I think I shared it on the East to West page. But the gist of the graphic is basically like, it's okay if something is a big deal to you, right? Just because it's maybe not a big deal to somebody else, it's a big deal to you and that's all that matters. Uh, and I talked about this a little bit too on my stories. It's like, you know, my, I have a very charmed life. I know that my, my, my existence is very different from, from others. I have still gone through some things that were not comfortable, that were not fun, that were traumatic, that brought me sorrow and pain. And even though it looks different for me than for other people, that's my reality. And I can only live in my reality. So when things are not going well, I have to acknowledge them. I have to say, this is not going well. This is not bringing me happiness. This is not bringing me joy. This is not working out the way that I thought that it would work out. Because by saying that, you're acknowledging the truth, right? So I can't lie to myself anymore about, oh, this is fine, right? It's like that meme, you're the guy sitting in the, or, you know, the dog or whatever in the coffee shop, and it's all on fire. And it's like, this is fine. Everything is fine. If I don't acknowledge that, then I'm never going to be able to move beyond that. So you literally have to say out loud, shit is not going well. You just have to acknowledge it because once you acknowledge it, you open the door now to solutions and problem solving. But if you don't acknowledge that, you're never going to move into the solution or problem solving because nothing's a problem. Everything's fine. Right. Bullshit. Shit is not fine. So That's, that sounds exhausting. It is. It is. You keep pretending like everything's fine when the wheels are falling off the wagon and you're just like, nah, it's all good. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Well, but we've all been there. We've all said that about our weight for how many years? I said it for 15 years. You said it for, you know, 15, 20 years. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's not fine. And it's exhausting to continue to pretend that things are not fine. So drop that baggage, acknowledge that things are not going as you had planned and get it out there in the universe. So you can get it off your chest and you can move on to solutions, which is step three, right? We have to identify why things are not going well and we need to game plan a solution for, for whatever it is that is not going well, right? Well, and part, of, part of what you said, not to cut you off, that made me think about it is, is when you talk about, you know, regardless of if it feels like a problem to somebody else, it's a problem to you. And that makes me think of when people used to say first world problems, Mm -hmm. first world problems are still problems i don't yes. care if you think it's better than somebody that lives in a village in botswana like that's awesome that my life is better than that yeah. however if i deem this to be a problem in my everyday life it's still a problem mm -hmm. like and i'm not talking about oh starbucks was out of soy latte so i'm gonna have a horrible day now yeah. i'm talking about stuff that seriously impacts my day-to-day -day life yes it may be a a smaller problem to have than somebody else is having yeah. but at the same time it's still a problem to me so the fact that you know you you need to recognize people may be having issues with things and that's something that if you have the capacity to help them you know get through then that's something that, that they need they may need assistance with like it's yeah. not it's not you minimizing somebody else's problems don't make them go away no, no. And, and, and making people feel bad about what they're expressing is not helpful to anybody either. I mean, yeah, everybody could say that. Everybody could say, oh, well, yeah, but your problem is nothing compared to this, which could be true. Yeah, I don't worry about uh, food every day. I have a roof over my head. Yeah, I mean, I'm not comparing them. What I'm saying is that, or I'm just saying to myself, 
this is bothering me. This is not working well in my life because we can't help other people. We can't help the world if we can't help ourselves. So we have to start with ourselves. We have to get our house right. We have to get our life right so that we have the time and the energy and the, and the capacity to, to help others if that's what we are called to do. Right. But, you know, just, just acknowledging that, yeah, this is my reality. Things are not going well. I need, I need to game plan out of them is, is how you, how you start with happiness. And, you know, with, with this third step, right. With identifying that things are not going well and making this game plan where we have to be, we have to really be thoughtful about the steps that we are going to take to, to, to find that happiness, right? Like when I finally said, okay, I can't do this on my own. I, I've tried everything to lose the weight. Uh, my th this nothing has changed in the ten years that I've been trying. I weigh the same damn, or I weigh more than what I did before I started this like real push to to lose weight. And I just had to say publicly, shit is not working. This is not working. And and I I have to do something different. And my game plan was I have to undergo weight loss surgery, right? So I did all the research. I reached out to people. I interviewed people. I asked questions. I found surgeons. I went on Instagram. I followed the community. I did all of these things. That was my game plan, to 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 write that thing that was not right in my in my life. Uh, so that's what you need to do. You you need to. You need to problem solve. You need to think about, okay, well, what are things that I could do in my life uh, to, to get this back on track or to find happiness in this area? And like right now, like I'm serious, list out the things that you are going to do and then execute, try those things, right? So whatever you are seeking, whatever, whatever area of happiness you are looking to grow in your life, be very specific about the steps that you are going to take. And then monitor those steps. Like you literally have to like check in with yourself. You have to ask yourself, okay, how's this going? Am I getting closer to how I want to feel? Am I getting, am I getting closer to, to this looking like how I want it to look? Because if you're not checking your progress against your own definition and feeling of happiness, you're never going to get there because you're using somebody else's definition, right? right? So we constantly have to say, no, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. And then every day, every every week, check in with that. Okay, is this working? Am I feeling the way that I that I want to feel? And if the answer is yes, then you keep doing that. And if the answer is no, then you go to your next item on your list. Okay, well that that didn't work out as I thought it would. Okay, now I'm gonna try this. Now I'm gonna try this element. And you do it, and you monitor it. You track it. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but that's how change is made. Yeah. No, you're you're 100 right. Right. And then as we have said constantly, right, as things change, your, your, your definition of happiness will change. So just know that it's, it is not static, right? It's constantly evolving. It's constantly moving. It is fluid. And the more time and energy that you put into cultivating and practicing your happiness, uh, the, the better equipped you will be to, to, to go with the, to go with the flow, right. To, 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 to not be so, you know, mountainous to be more like rolling hills uh, in life. And, right. and if you're listening to this and you're, and you're just saying like, okay, I'm not happy in any aspect of my life. I, I, I empathize with you. I have been there. Jason has been, we've both been there. Pick one aspect of your life that you're going to focus on. Pick the one that feels most meaningful to you, right? If, if you think that your personal happiness is, you know, is most important, start there. You know, if you want to focus on your job or on a friendship or on a relationship, happiness in those areas, that's fine. You, you pick whatever's going to be most meaningful to you. 
but follow the steps in those in those areas, right? I identify what it means to be happy in that area. Acknowledge that things are not going well. Come up with a game plan to, to bring more happiness into that area. Try things out, monitor your progress and make adjustments as needed. Uh, and then if you feel like you're in a really great groove in that area of your life, then bring on another layer, then, then move on to another aspect or area of your life. Um, you know, and I think if you can master one, then those skills and the, the skills that it took for you to, to reach a, ha a level of happiness in that area, you can just continue to apply to all other aspects of your life. Right. No, and, and, and that's true. And then one of the things you also need to think about, if you're in that situation where you don't feel like anything and everything feels like it's a, you know, a huge mountain that you don't even know where to begin, find something small and chip away. It doesn't, you're, you're not, you know, you didn't get to feeling like this in a day, so you're not going to fix it in a day. Um, so just chip away as little bits as you can, you know, and eventually you'll start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, definitely reach out to your support, you know, your support services. If you don't have any support services, you know, you can reach out to us. We'll do the best we can to help you with what we can do. If we can't, we'll you know, point you in the direction of, of a professional that can kind of help you get things back on track. I mean, that's, at the end of the day, that's what this community is all about. We've come together to help each other, to reach out, to be able to support each other, hold each other up, lift each other up. And that's, you know, that's what we need to do and be there for each other. And that's the only way that we're going to help everybody get to a point where they all feel this happiness and content that we're all looking for. Absolutely. Starting small is key, is key. Yep. Oh my gosh. I'm feeling, I'm feeling very, very complete about this conversation. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. So, so looking ahead, Jason, uh, you, so for our week ahead, uh, what, what are you going to focus on this week that's related to, to your weight loss surgery journey, to your bariatric journey? Are you going to be focusing on happiness or, or are you focusing on something else this week? I, I believe I'm going to focus on honing in on what exactly got me to the contentment that I'm at currently. I'm going to be focusing a lot on my family because, as I said, my son's getting ready to leave for the Navy, and he's yeah. got almost, he's almost down to one month before he ships off. Mm. So a lot of a lot of spending time with him to kind of complete that circle. That's that's something that's going to be tough. Um, yeah, and that's really just going to focus on the things that got me to where I am. And. And I mean, and I know, I know ahead, you've got some, you got some heartbreak, you got some sorrow, because you have to say goodbye to him, you have, he's going away to basic training, and, and your life is going to change, your life is going to look drastically different. So to know that you are making a ton of deposits in, in your happiness bank right now just means that, you know, if you need to make some withdrawals, you, you've got a nice cushion of savings built up there. And I know, I mean, you get so much joy and happiness from your family anyways, that it's got to, I mean, I've never experienced it, I'm not a parent. But it has to be a, 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 you know, an equal combination of happiness and sorrow because you don't want your kids going away. You worry about them, right? They're leaving the nest. Did I teach them enough? Did you know all those parental questions are bubbling up to the surface? But clearly, you've raised a phenomenal human being who who wants to serve his country, and um, you know, I mean, you've done good things. So, uh, uh, 
Oh, sorry. Heartstrings. Yeah, no, I, 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 I appreciate the, the sentiment. He is a fantastic young man. I, it's just one of those things as, as being a parent, everybody tells you that it's hard when they're young and it's so, you know, super hard to get through those times. And that's nothing compared to when they're old and they actually go away and there's nothing you can, you know, like I've never been, the longest he's been away is they went, the family went back to Oklahoma and I didn't get to go on vacation and they were gone for about three weeks. Mm. And that's the longest I've ever been away from that child since he was born. He literally, the, the nurse, the doctor, like when he was born, they pulled him from my wife and handed him to me. And I held him for the first hour he was alive. Wow. And I've had three weeks away from him and that, and that's in 18 years. Mm-hmm. And now he's about to dip for like eight months. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is way harder than <laughs> when he was a kid and when he was, you know, diapers and whatever else you could possibly imagine. This is way beyond all of that. But I'm super proud and super excited for his, you know, for his next steps in life because I know it's going to make him an even better man than he already is. So, I mean, just I'm, I'm just excited for it. Awesome. Well, we we are. I'm anxiously uh, awaiting to hear about uh, his progress and and what he's doing in life because I know it's going to be a good thing. My mom often talks about that. My parents go away every summer to Alaska, uh, and they're gone for yeah four or five, sometimes six six months. And uh, it's hard. We're a very close family, and my poor mom just you know she's so excited to go because Alaska is, is amazing, and they have. I mean, it's it's otherworldly the things that they do up there but about a month in my mom really starts getting you know and my dad too it's it's really hard for them and then all of a sudden the satellite phone calls start and then you know and then all of a sudden they'll be like oh we're, we're gonna fly home we're, we're just gonna fly home for a week and they just and they literally they park their boat somewhere and they fly home for a week just to like hug family and be around family and then they get their fill and then they go go back again so yeah it's I mean, when the first time that I went to college, my mom, well, I went to college one time, it was for eight years, uh, but that's, that's another story. When they dropped me off, uh, my mom cried for a week straight. Uh, Dairy Queen was the only thing that kind of helped her get through that. And then, (laughs) and then I was like two or three years into college, I, I would bring my laundry home and do my laundry and then, and then, you know, obviously go back to school. And, uh, and I said something to my mom, my mom was helping me with laundry and she was folding and I was like, okay, mom, I got to grab my laundry and, and I got to head back home. And she just looked at me and just bawled. And I was like, oh my God, what is, what is, what's wrong? You know, like, not your home. Oh, like, that's exactly what she said. She's like, this is your home. And it just like waterworks. And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, I didn't even realize I'd said it, but I knew, I knew exactly what, as soon as you said that, I was like, <laughs> Oh, trigger. Oh God. Oh, it was a, it was an enlightening moment in my, and of course as a kid, you feel horrible because you've made your mother, you know, like despondent over your laundry, you know, but <laughs> it feel like, uh, Oh my God. So I learned real quickly that central Washington university was never my home in her presence. It's, 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 it's a home in my heart, but no, publicly around her. No, no, that, that is, that is a dark period that we do not talk about in my family. No, ma'am. Yeah, absolutely not. Oh God. 
All right, well, this week I'm gonna continue to work on tracking. I am up now four pounds. I've dropped a pound, uh, but I need to continue to work on tracking uh, and uh, and make sure that that I am back on that healthy habit. And then, yeah, I'm gonna kind of continue with you. I'm gonna, I'm really gonna think about all the ways that, that I find happiness and contentment. Uh, I've been struggling with some, I've been struggling with some issues of, you know, am I enough? Am I doing enough? Am I contributing enough to this community? You know, I've been, I've been struggling with that. I've got some, I've got some, ah, so I'm going to keep working on that because if I focus on my happiness, then I know that that, that side of what I'm experiencing will diminish. So I'm, I'm going to continue, continue to work on that. So, okay. Next week's episode you and I are also super excited about. It ties into the virtual bariatric meetup that, that we are hosting uh, on November 21st. But next week's episode is all about us versus food. And we are really just gonna be talking about how do we survive this holiday season that is very centered around food, right? Whether we are pre-op or post-op, no matter where we are in the journey, our relationship to food has to shift, right? And uh, when we recognize that food is cultural, connection to our family, it's part of our traditions, it's part of our history, Food can be joyful. We, we acknowledge all of that. We're just going to talk about some strategies that we can use to make food not maybe the primary focus, but the secondary, right? The, the we're, food, food can't be, food can't be the, the focus. So we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about strategies for how we can enjoy the foods that we want to enjoy in a way that's healthy for us before and after bariatric surgery. So that's going to be a really uh, poignant and timely episode. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I saw some people in the in the one of the bariatric support groups I'm in on Facebook talking about their liquid diet starts yeah. the day before Thanksgiving, and I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, oh God, brutal, brutal. I brutal. can't imagine, but no. I mean, there's people out there. I'm sure there's people that are going to be listening that are the same yep. way. So yep. we'll talk about it. We'll dive into it. And yep. uh, hopefully we'll leave you with more information than you had before you got there. Yep. Yep. We, we, we got some strategies. Uh, and again, right. We, Jason and I, we're not the experts, you know, this isn't medical advice. This is just he and I talking about our experiences, our personal experiences before and after weight loss surgery. And all we can do is share our recipe. And, uh, and if you find a part of our recipe that you enjoy, you get to bring it into your own, you get to make your own, you get to, you are the cook of your kitchen. And, uh, and we're, we're just sharing our experiences in hopes that, that they'll resonate with you and that you might find something that, that will help you, help you as well. That's it. Uh, so Jason, I cannot thank you enough for listening or watching or following along. You can listen to this podcast on all of the major podcast apps, uh, whatever's on your phone. We are definitely there. You uh, obviously, you know how to find it, but you can just search East, the number two West underscore weight loss surgery and boom, we'll pop up there. Uh, we have a season and a half. That's all there. It's free. You just listen to it any old time you want. You can find us on YouTube. You can watch us. That's also great. We're adorbs. If you if you're listening and you're not seeing us, we are. Yeah, we have faces for podcasts and YouTube, FYI. <laughs> so you can definitely uh, listen to us there. We would so appreciate your your likes, your subscriptions, follow along. If you listen, if you watch and you really enjoy what you see, leave us a review that helps other people know that the, that the content might be valuable for them. And then if we do something and you're like, you know, Kind of it's hard for me to watch or listen to let us know because we only want to produce things that are valuable to you and this community and we you we, and we do that by feedback you offering us feedback is not mean it's it's pointing us in the right direction so we uh we very much appreciate that 
Our website is live and I'm very proud of our website. And there are a couple things there that are great resources for the community. So there's links to, of course, the podcast the, and, and the videos, the vlog. Uh, we are working hard for written content. The other thing that's really cool on our website is uh, we do a shout out Sunday every Sunday. We want to celebrate members of this community. It's not a paid shout out. It isn't a sale. It isn't anything. It's literally you sharing your story with us and us broadcasting it on all of our, all of our feeds. We just want to celebrate you. So if you want to, if you want to be featured on our shout out Sunday, we would love to feature you. Go to our website, www.east2westwls.com. And about halfway down the page, there's a form. It says shout out Sunday. It's huge. You can't miss it. You give us some basic information and then Becca will contact you on Instagram for like a side-by-side -side photo. And then we literally just share your information. We celebrate you. So you can do that all on our website. You can also register for the virtual bariatric meetups and all of the events that we're going to be hosting in the future right on our website. It makes it super, super easy. It's like the one-stop shop. That's why Jason and I are excited about the website. It's one place to go for all kinds of information. So uh, yeah, lots of information there in whatever modality of learning uh, you enjoy. So you can subscribe to the website, which just means anytime anything gets posted uh, or an event gets listed, you are the very first one to get notified. It comes straight to your inbox. So it's it's pretty slick. And I'm very proud of it. I think it looks awesome. I'm super jazzed about it. Um, yeah. So if you head to the website and you have any feedback, I would love to know that as well. If you think it's awesome, let me know. If you think it needs some tweaks, let me know, because I want to make sure that, again, it is usable and meaningful for people in this community yes user friendly is the new word uh, when it comes to the website and everything that we're doing so please let us know so if it's not we can adjust it uh, we are super excited about the website we got a lot of things going on and we just appreciate everybody being along for the ride um yeah april i couldn't have said it better myself with all the all the things you said i just echo those sentiments and uh just want everybody to remember that uh, you've got this and we've got you Best thing I ever heard. <laughs> All right, friend. Thank you so much for the conversation today. I really enjoyed it. Yes, ma'am. As always. All right. See you soon. Bye-bye.